Hey, Bucks fans, make sure you go follow one of our sponsors, Split Ticks. Follow them on Twitter at S-P-L-I-T-T-I-K-S. So what is Split Ticks? Well, you're able to reserve sports, concert, and other event tickets with a small deposit and pay off the rest in a flexible payment plan before your event date. So make sure you take advantage of that. And because you're a listener of the All Things Bucks podcast, you're able to use promo code All Things Buccaneers. Use that promo code and you will get a 10% discount on your purchase. Hey, and remember, go Bucks. Welcome back. Welcome back to the All Things Bucks podcast. Uh, this is CJ. Follow me on Twitter at CoreyJ863. And our great co host who goes to all the games damn near, Corey. Say what's up. What's up, everybody? It's Corey. Go ahead and follow me on Twitter at Corey underscore Hayes 407. And we took a day to, to let Sunday's game sink in. A lot of us were emotional, um, upset, impatient, irate. Whatever you want to use to describe how you felt after that game Sunday, go ahead and use it because it, you know, it was warranted. The, the team went out there in a winnable game and they didn't get the W like we all thought they would. Now, Corey and myself was at the game. Uh, we had a great time. Tell I actually didn't get the link up with Corey. I was uh, on the other side of the stadium at Lopez Park, typically me, my family. And uh, some of our friends were, were always over there uh, before the game. And then by the time we left to head to the stadium, it's time to go in and everything. But Corey is on the move. He flew in that morning to get here for the game. Corey, tell us about your experience uh, going to the What the Buck tailgate and some of the other tailgates before the game. Well, uh, flying into Tampa, um, that was an experience because Saturday into Sunday, I didn't sleep. I was uh, too excited for the game, so I woke up at 6 a.m. on Saturday to go into work because of Dorian, then worked for a few hours, watched college football Saturday, then prepped my stuff to get ready to fly Sunday to Tampa, left Virginia around 5 o'clock, got to Tampa at 9.30, went straight from the airport to the What the Buck tailgate, love the What the Buck tailgate, love everything they stand for, every proceed that they get goes to a charity, so... That's the great thing. I love What the Buck. Shout out to them. Every single time I'm in Tampa, that's where I go. Uh, what the Buck wrapped up around 1 o'clock. After that wrapped up, majority of the people who were at What the Buck went in to watch Tim McGraw at 2 o'clock. I myself went over and tailgated with some other friends that I had over in Lot 6. Was a lot of fun there, too. We just hung out, had some good time. Um Dean Jensen, Ryan Jensen's dad, came and joined us. Uh, that was pretty fun. We just talked about a lot of things. Uh, he spoke about Ryan Jensen and how Ryan loved this training camp and this preseason compared to last year. He said that they took it very seriously this time. Last year, he, um, I found out that he didn't even really want to participate in the team activity portion of training camp because the way that uh, – Warhawk was running it was terrible, so uh, Jensen just did his own thing. I mean, he of course he did the practice and everything with the team, but like weightlifting and everything else, and his he was doing his own regime by himself. So I found that interesting to know that uh, Bruce Arians and the new coaching staff brought a whole new attitude, and and Ryan loves it. Um, but tailgated till about 
3.15, went into the stadium. Uh, of course, I was sitting in the end zone over by Tim McGraw concert, so it was kind of hard to get to my seat in the beginning because all the traffic was coming in and out of that area. But overall, the trip was great. I had a great time. Um, like you said, unfortunately, a lot of emotions after the game for everybody. Um, but it's always great to get to go back to Tampa and have a great time and experience the game inside of Raymond James Stadium with our fellow Buck fans. Oh, yeah, most definitely, man. It was good to have football back. And the game home opener was at Raymond James Stadium. And so that was a good look. Uh, diving into the game itself, we know the results. The score, 31-17. to 17. Um, Not the score we were hoping for. But there's a lot that can be taken away, uh, positive and negative. Well, 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 it, it was the score that you wanted. You wanted 31-17 Tampa Bay. But... Um... I, I know, right? I, I I got the score, but I didn't get the, the 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 right winner. Yeah, unfortunately, the Buccaneers did not come away with the W. Yeah, but that's okay. Um, it's week one, man. We I I said in a post late um that night before going to bed. Uh, we've seen this team blow teams out in week one and have pitiful seasons. So the overreaction after the first twenty four hours, just stop it. It's week one. The team didn't look half bad. To be honest, there were some miscues, there were some mistakes, and those things are to be expected in week one. So there's a lot that we can take away from this game. So we're going to start with the number one topic everybody's talking about. I'm sure his mentions was up sky high on it on Twitter and, and Facebook, and that's Jameis Winston. Jameis Winston, learning this new system under Bruce Arians, having Byron Leftwich call the plays. Under the Bruce Arian system, it's going to take some time. It's going to be a learning experience. Uh, the passing game did not look sharp uh, much of all. On Sunday, Jameis' stat line ended up being he threw for 194 yards uh, with one touchdown and three interceptions. Uh, Could have been more interceptions, but you got to take different things into consideration. People say, oh, he should have threw five interceptions. Now, different game situations. If he would have threw that interception, maybe he didn't throw another interception. So don't just go out there saying, oh, he should have threw five interceptions. That's not how this works. Uh, the stat line is what the stat line is. One TD, three interceptions, with that last interception being a killer um, that pretty much sealed the game. Uh, there wasn't much time for us to come back. But uh, there's a lot to like. Uh, I think you give Jameis Winston some time, he will get this figured out. He has one, of these, one or two of these games every season. And, you know, you will hope the team can find a way to win, but it's really hard to overcome that. But I'm not jumping off the Jameis Winston bandwagon, and neither should you guys out there as fans support the boy, support the kid, so that we can take this thing and sneak into the playoffs this season. It's a long season to go. Corey, what's your thoughts on Jameis Winston uh, this past Sunday? Man, oh, man, um, the overreaction on social media is real. People calling for his head already. Oh, we want to see Ryan Griffin start, blah, blah, blah. Same old song and dance. You guys just don't like James Winston. Facts. We get it. It's year five. We get it. He makes mistakes. He has the most interceptions in the NFL since 2015. We get it. Let him learn the new system like everybody else is. It's going to take some time, like CJ said. One thing I found interesting was there was a post from a Cardinals fan who said when the Cards started 2-3 and three in 2013, People were calling for Carson Palmer and Bruce Arians' heads already. But guess what they ended up finishing in that season? 
10 and 6. And they went on one of the best five-year runs in franchise history under Arians. So like CJ said, it's week one, people. Jameis Winston is going to get it right. Let him learn from his mistakes. And always, 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 he does. Whenever he has a bad game, he goes right into film session the next day, four in the morning, first one in the building, go and check out what he did wrong. And then he corrects it. The three interceptions that Jameis threw, two of them were not his fault. The first one to O.J. Howard, O.J., the ball touches your hands, you catch the damn ball. The second one, Peyton Barber ran the damn route three yards too deep. If he turns around earlier, that's a completion. I don't care if Richard Sherman's out there creeping. He catches the damn ball. But instead, Peyton Barber runs the route too deep. Jameis releases the ball. Richard Sherman sees it coming without Peyton Barber turning his head and takes it for a pick six. Now, the last interception... It was supposed to be a designed screen pass to Dare Ogunbowale, but um, Dare got caught up with two of our offensive linemen, which left the ball just floating there right into the Niners' hands to go for another pick six, which clinched the game for the Niners. Unfortunately, I have to say that one falls on Jameis Winston, although, like I said, Dare got held up at the line with our own offensive linemen. Like, damn, you know a screen is coming. Move your ass down the field so our running back can get where he's supposed to go so we can maybe take that to the house because there wasn't really any defenders in sight right there. If Dare catches the ball, it's a different story. We may be talking about the Buccaneers winning by one point. So it, it's it's a game of events. Um, Jameis Winston will bounce back from this game on Thursday against the Panthers. So he's our quarterback. Uh, like him or hate him. Love him or hate him. He's still the quarterback of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And if you're a fan of the Buccaneers, you support your quarterback whether you like them or not. So please, fans, do not give up hope on this team. Do not give up hope on our quarterback because when they start winning, it will come back and bite you in the ass. Hey, and y'all just heard it from Corb. That's it right there. I can't say no more to what he just said because that was the stone cold truth. So let's just move on from that game, from Jameis' performance. Jameis is going to learn from that performance. We're going to move on from that performance, and we're going to see what the rest of the season holds because there's 15 more games left. There's a lot of football left to be played, and there's a lot of good that's going to come out of this season with uh, Jameis running this new offense. Uh, Moving on from the Jameis Winston subject uh, with the offense, I I wasn't too particularly impressed with our receiving group. Uh, Corey mentioned that O.J. Howard, that drop pass, led to the interception. Um, there wasn't a lot of guys getting open. Uh, even Bruce Arians mentioned this in his uh, press conference. A lot of guys wasn't getting open. Seeing some of the film that, that is posted on Twitter, you can actually see that. Really tight windows. A lot, a lot of guys wide open. You see around the league looking at the different highlights for teams that had high um, offensive production. That guys were wide open, busted coverages. But the 49ers, give them credit. What they did on Sunday, they were glued to our guys. They were right there, and they made the window small as far as what did they wanted to do schematically to stop our offensive passing attack. So, And even in some instances where you're looking at the film and like, oh, man, why didn't he just throw that really quick to the flag? Um, Dari was wide open, or this person wide open. Um, look again. Just because it looks like he's open, but if you see that defender actually looking at the quarterback, he's not that open. Because if the defender is staring down the quarterback, especially in zone, they're reading, They're his, reading eyes. his eyes. As soon as James looks that way to wind up, now he's not even open. And that could be a pick. So before you Twitter coaches go after 
what you're seeing, there's a lot more to it. And that's why the timing was an issue as well on the second interception that he threw to uh, Richard Sherman. The route was extended by Peyton Barber. I don't know why Peyton Barber's out there running routes. Should have been the Dari. <laughs> At least he's probably the best person for it. But the route was extended by Barber. The throw was thrown to the five yards past the line of scrimmage. Barber was too far out. Richard was reading his eyes. Richard jumped on it, made the play as a cornerback who's probably going to the Hall of Fame will do. And there it is. Boom, pick six. So the timing is going to come. It's going to take some time. And um, our receivers, they will get it. Uh, Bruce Harris will get some plays that will start to get these guys wide open. I, I'm, I'm, I'm sure of it. Uh, Mike Evans was dog sick. Um, I didn't see the. You could tell. You could absolutely tell Mike Evans was sick. He was sick, but he sucked it up, wanted to be out there for his team, for his brothers. Um, but I'm hoping that he can bounce back and feel better even on this short week. Hopefully, they get him drugged up on some um, on some medication, give him some Tylenol, give him some Tussin, and uh, get him out there and get him healthy because <laughs> we need him uh, for sure. Uh, any any thoughts on the receivers before we jump into uh, PB&J and Adarway? <laughs> yeah, yeah. With the receivers, uh, like you said, Mike Evans was dog shit sick. Um, so he didn't look like himself out there. I believe he only had 28 yards catching. That's, that's not normal Mike Evans. So, like you said, hopefully he bounces back on Thursday against the Panthers. Chris Godwin. Chris Godwin looked like he is a number one wide receiver on the team in the NFL. Um, he was making he plays. Was making he plays. was the one receiver was that making was plays. making plays. He was the one that made it. He got the sole touchdown thrown by James Winston um, on a play that Richard Sherman was holding the hell out of Godwin right in front of me. Jameis just threw the dime in there, and Godwin turned around and caught the ball for a touchdown. Chris Godwin, um, he's going to be special this year. Uh, he was the only one producing. Uh, Rashad Perriman, we tried to throw a lot of short routes and out routes to him. I believe we threw one deep ball to him that went into the end zone. But uh, he's going to get it down with Jameis Winston in terms of like slants and stuff. So I'm not worried about him much. Um, O.J. Howard. Uh, O.J. Howard cost us points on a drive that we already had two touchdowns called back. Both of those touchdowns were to Cameron Brake in the red zone. Cameron Brake got a screen pass thrown to him to the right side and took it to the house. Uh, 10-yard penalty on DeMar Dotson for a hold. Few plays later, Jameis throws a ball where only Cameron Brake can catch it in the back of the end zone. What a grab by Cameron Brake to get both of those feet down. Touchdown, Buccaneers, negated by a penalty by DeMar Dotson once again. Few plays later, OJ Howard across the middle, fumble. Niners recover, takes away our points right there. And that, that kills the momentum of the team. So OJ Howard's got to be better this week. Um, Cameron Brake was doing Cameron Brake things. Those were the few times that he was targeted, but Cameron Brake was doing Cameron Brake things. I believe that O.J. Howard will have a bounce-back game this week as well. He knows it. Don't know if anything was wrong with him in the game, but he'll have a bounce-back game against the Panthers. So the receiving core as a whole um, was not the best, but they'll bounce back this week along with Jameis. Yeah, I, I definitely see that as well. And um, the running game. Oh, man. So Peyton Barber. Got things uh, started. He uh, he got a good average of around four four yards to carry. Uh, but the topic of discussion for the running game is Ronald Jones. A lot of people wrote this kid off last year, calling him a bust, saying, why did we pick him? Oh, we should have picked this running back. Oh, we might as well cut him like McNichols. Stop it. 
again, overreaction. Just 20 snaps last season total. 20 snaps last season total, man. Stop it. As you can see, the, the running game is night and day difference between last year and this year. You can even tell just by the running play designs. You're seeing more guys staying into the block to open some holes and get these guys some room so that they can run the football and move the chains. And Ronald Jones, he took advantage of his opportunities. He was out there running with purpose, running with vision, running tough. And you even saw some of the speed. I just wish he would have broke one. I thought he really could have broke one, um, especially near when we were near the red zone. But, you know, it's going to come, especially because this game, we were going against a lot of eight-man fronts when we were running the football. And if we're doing that against eight-man fronts, just imagine once the passing game starts clicking and now he's seeing lighter boxes. Goodness gracious, it's going to be good to see that type of running effort in Tampa against lighter boxes. But I'm really proud of Ronald Jones. He's been putting in the work with Coach Neal. Um, and, and it's paying off, man. 5.8 yards a carry at 75 yards on the ground. He also added some yards through the air with 18. Uh, so he 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 he's he's putting himself in a position to be the the RB1 for this team. Now they're saying that Peyton Barber will start on Thursday, and that's because Peyton Barber is the better run blocker. But the hot hand is going to be in the game. So if Peyton Barber heats up early, we're going to see more Peyton Barber. But you best believe once Ronald Jones gets some touches, he's coming at it. He's coming hard. He knows he may have limited opportunity. So expect Ronald Jones uh, to, to look good as well. But I'm proud of him for that game and expect more from, from Rojo. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But before I get into talking about both of them, let me let me correct you real fast. On that, uh -oh. you said that uh, Peyton Barber was the better run blocker. Well, what the hell is he gonna block for himself running? He, he's a better pass blocker, is what you meant. Yeah, uh, yeah that's, I that's exactly what I meant. I My caught bad. you, My but bad. um, yeah, um, I was very proud of Rojo for for his performance in this game. Thirteen carries, seventy-five yards, one catch for eighteen yards, which extended our drive because it was third and long, and he caught the ball. And he made an incredible move, kept running down the sideline, moved the chains. So, uh, Ronald Jones, I was I was very impressed with him. You know you know, I support Payne Barber till the end, but um, I think Ronald Jones is going to end up taking that starting spot now that I saw exactly what he can do in real game time, not just preseason. He put on 20 pounds this offseason, and it looks like that 20 pounds did, did a great deal for him because – He's running with more explosiveness. He's not shying away from tacklers. He's doing what he's got to do to be a starting running back in the NFL. And he's hitting the holes like I've never seen him hit the holes before. So, Ronald Jones, great job. Um, I expect the same out of you coming Thursday against the Panthers. Um, like you said, CJ, they're talking about Peyton Barber being the starting running back. But Ronald Jones, um, if anything, is an indication from week one. Ronald Jones will get the majority of the touches. He got pretty much every touch in the second half for the Buccaneers when they ran the ball. So if that's any indication of what's going to happen against Carolina, then Ronald Jones will be seen plenty in the game. Um, as for the run blocking, holy crap, night and day better than last season. The run blocking, they were opening holes like I haven't seen them open holes in a long time. Uh, run blocking was... So much improved. We ran for over 100 yards. We ran we sure for did. over 100 yards as a team. And I don't remember how many games we've done that in the past few seasons. So as uh, as a unit, the offensive line did a great job run blocking along with our tight ends.
But uh, pass blocking, you guys still got some things to work on. But like I said, I'm proud of Ronald Jones for his performance week one against the Niners. Peyton Barber still did his thing, even though he got less carries than Rojo. But I expect great things out of them against the Panthers as well. Yeah, we got a really good one-two punch. Uh, this is why no other running back was really brought in. Uh, a lot of people were saying we should make that trade for for the boy from San Diego. Uh, Melvin, Melvin Gordon. Gordon, Los Angeles Chargers. A lot of people said we should have drafted a running back, but uh, that's why there was no transactions made at the running back position because they had faith that Ronald Jones, given the correct opportunity, would produce. They felt good about Peyton Barber, what he did last season with the pitiful blocking of the offensive line last year. And you're seeing that, and I expect more from them moving forward uh, this season. But before we jump into the defense uh, performance in that first game, uh, one of the things I spoke about um, before the game, uh, I, Corey, I don't know if I talked about this with you, but I, I knew I was talking about it with the family and uh, with some friends at the tailgate before the game started. One of the things about the game of football is – as a coach, you, you, there's a game within the game. And the game within the game is controlling time of possession, making sure, you know, you're getting your guys some rest during the game, keeping the defense off the field. And that's what you saw from Coach Bruce Arians and how they ran the offense and how they managed the game. There were a lot of long drives, and that was great for the defense because it kept the defense off the field so that they can get that time to breathe and that way they can come out fresh for the next series to stop the opposing offense. And also, you don't want the opposing offense on the field because that gives them an opportunity to score more than likely. So for Coach Harris, they ran the football. We ran the football well. We called, I thought, the calls um, far as the overall game plan would have worked. Uh, we just have to limit those turnovers. And I expect seeing more of that moving forward to give us an opportunity to win football games. Too many times under the Dirt Carter era, there was uh, offensive drives where it would be three straight pass plays, and you've only taken less than two minutes off the clock. And now the offense that's been lighting your 31st-ranked defense up is getting right back on the field. That's not championship coaching. And that's why we're, com that's why we're losing every year because now we're already putting ourselves in bad situations because now you're putting your 31st-ranked defense back out there on the field after they just got torched. <laughs> so I'm expecting to see more of that moving forward. Um, and it's going to be good to see, and it's going to help Jameis out. Because uh, Jameis got everything he needed to win this game. Because everything, wins or losses, falls on the quarterback. We got the running game. We had the defense humming. And now we just need Jameis to limit those turnovers and get this passing attack down. It's going to take some time. But once he does, this is going to be a good team um, this season. This season, not next season, this season. And we'll just go right into the defense. Uh, we had some standouts. A lot of people wrote off this kid too, Vernon Hargraves. He came out and got a pick six. Shout out to VH3. Shout out VH3, uh, represent. He's a Tampa kid, man. It's really good to see him play well, uh, especially with the injuries he's had and all the slack that he's uh, he's been um, taking over the past couple years. Another standout guy in the secondary, Jordan Whitehead. How many times did you hear this kid's name on Sunday? He was up. He didn't come off the field. Didn't come off the field. Headhunter, making plays, making plays at the line of scrimmage, making plays to stop big plays. He was out there, man, if he could keep this up all year, man, good thing, bright future ahead. We saw a glimpse of what he could do last year, and, and week one is an indication of what I think he's going to continue to do the rest of the season. Yes, I, I, I believe so too because that's who he is, and he's been put in that position to be successful, and he is thriving. Um, another guy, 
um, that, that had a good game that we haven't heard in a while. After he got that big contract, we haven't heard him in a while. And that's William Golston. William Golston was making plays out there in the running game. And this is like his his niche now. Like, he he was out there. I was like, I haven't heard William Golston name this much uh, all last season. But today... Four tackles in this game. Four tackles in the game. Three of them solo. Making plays. That's called making plays. Shout out to Will Golston. Um, it's good to see, man, because we thought you was a ghost out there just taking up space. But you were out there making plays as well. Any other standouts, Corey, you want to mention on the defense? Hmm. Standouts on the defense. The defense as a whole was a standout itself because they only gave up 256 total yards, which is ranked sixth in the NFL right now. Uh, compared to, like you said, we were 31st ranked. So giving up 256 total yards in the game is absolutely amazing. So shout out to the whole defense. Um, one guy I do want to mention in the defense that that is huge for us, even though he really didn't show up on the stat sheet, and Damakun Sue. Oh, what a pickup he was. Oh, they, they were not running up the middle on us at all with him and Vita Vea right there. I heard his name a few times either assisted or a solo tackle, like, oh, yeah, they had third and shorts. Oh, you're not running up the middle on us. The big boys are right there to stop you. So shout out to Ndamukong Sue on his game and clogging up that middle. Listen. The Niners could not run up the middle at all. They had to run sweeps outside because they could not get through the middle on us. Corey, Super Nintendo Sue is not to be played with. That man was out there at different spots on the line, making plays, man. Just because he didn't show up, like you said, just because he didn't show up on the stat sheet doesn't mean he wasn't out there making plays. He's going to pay off huge for us, especially running this defense all year low, man. So it's good to see him out there, especially on that third down. It was like third and one. He took the guard and just threw him, made the play, wrapped up the ball carry. I was like, look look at this. Somebody look at this. This is exactly what we was waiting to see. This is going to be a good run defense. <laughs> so... Man, it was really good to see, man, the Super Nintendo Sue. Hey, keep it up, bro. I'm going to mess up his name all year. So get used to it. Get used to it. But the defense. Yeah, uh, I didn't mention it, but um, this man is so underrated in the NFL. It's criminal. Levante David. Oh, Levante David at 30 is still flying to the damn ball, making plays like no other linebacker in the NFL. Um if he doesn't make the Pro Bowl again, something's wrong, man. He He's so underrated. His stats always prove that he's one of the best linebackers in the NFL. But, of course, the Buccaneers have sucked, so nobody really cares about what Levante David does. So he had an amazing performance week one against the Niners, so shout out to him as well. Shout out Levante David. And this is also coming off being hurt the entire training camp, having the whole month off. Coming off a knee surgery. Coming off yeah. knee surgery. Oh, he's only going to get better. He was, you know, coming off a month off, fresh into the game, having a good performance. Just wait on it. Pro Bowl, all pro year coming from Levante David of uh, this season. So we're going to go ahead and put the, well, one more thing. Matt Gay. Matt Gay making his kicks, looking super fly out there with those shoes he had on. What, what color were they? Orange? You have an orange kicks? Yeah, I, I think they were orange kicks. I think they were orange. I think they were orange. They were, they were highlighters. They were some highlighters. But he was out there making them kicks, exactly what we needed. Um, I wish B.A. would have went for the kick instead of going for the touchdown. But look, no risk it, no biscuit. 
his logic made sense. You either go for it and you don't get it, and you're going to stop him anyway. Hey, we got him. We got him to jump off sides on the damn field goal attempt. So uh, you just moved half the distance to the goal. You moved closer. You were two yards away. Might as well go for it. Like you said, no risk it, no biscuit. No risk it, no biscuit. So you can't be mad at that. Uh, Just want to make sure, like, hopefully next game we can get our field position, our kick coverage, and all that stuff down. And I think we'll be really good as far as going into this game in hostile territory up in Carolina. All right, so we're going to put that game away. San Francisco, over, done with. We're 0-1, but that's okay. Quick week, and we got the Panthers on Thursday. So we're going to go into our our, uh, preview of the Carolina Panthers game. We're going to start with our offense versus their defense. Corey, what do you see uh, from our offense that we could take advantage of? And, and some um, some problems that that the defense of the Carolina Panthers presents to us. Our offense, well, it always seems like Jameis Winston thrives against the Carolina Panthers, so I expect to see big things from Jameis Winston on Thursday against that Carolina Panthers defense. Um, things that scare me with the Carolina Panthers defense. Pass rush. They've, they've got some quick people on that line. So, uh, Brian Burns especially. I, I'm kind of scared of the speed off the outside by Brian Burns with our tackles because as we saw with the Niners, our tackles had a hard time with their speed as well. So I'm kind of scared about Brian Burns. Even though he's a rookie, I'm still scared of his pass rush against our offensive line. But I still think that Jameis is going to have a great game against their defense. You're going to have Bradbury on Mike Evans. Mike Evans is going to light his ass up. I don't care if he's their number one. Mike Evans is still going to light that ass up. Eric Reed, <laughs> who? <laughs> don't don't even try it, Eric. All you can do is go and stack the box up there and try and stop the run. But you and pass coverage, um, our receiving core, including our tight ends, are going to light that secondary up. So that's something that I think is going to happen if our O-line can protect Jameis and give him two to three seconds to, to throw the ball, or else we're doomed. <laughs> we're doomed in terms of Jameis getting sacked. But I believe that I saw that the Panthers against the Rams had one one sack? One sack against the Rams? They only had one sack. Um, but they were pretty stingy uh, through the air. I mean, um, Jeff, uh, Jared Goff had 39 attempts. Um, only completing, um, how many? He only completed 23 of those for 186 yards. So they were pretty stingy through the air um, in that game. But where they were not stingy was on the ground. And we're going to have an opportunity to run against this defense. Um, they gave up 166 yards on the ground. Todd Gurley had 97 yards. Malcolm Brown had 53. Um, so there will be opportunity for PB&J and the Darway to go out there and get us some yards on the ground and make things easy. Run right up the middle. Right at, run, at, run right at Gerald. And um, make him work. Make him tired. And then make him remember, hey, you could have still been here. But you know what? You just wasn't the one for this defense that we got. Like uh, like Bruce Arian said, it's going to be emotional for Gerald just like it was for Quan. But, um, yeah, just run right up the yin game. Yeah, there's going to be the opportunity there. And um, we can get that running game going. I expect the play action pass to be there. And once again, we talked about it early, expect a bounce back game from Jameis Winston. Uh, he always bounces back. The only game he didn't bounce back was in 2016 
after we lost that Dallas game, he threw three picks in that game. That's the, the David Irving game because he was beating um, our, our right tackle like he owed him money. <laughs> and then he came back that next week against uh, New Orleans, went two for two, two TDs, two picks. And every other game that he's had where he's had three picks, the next game, he's, he's, he's had good games after that. Um, so expect a good game from Jameis going into a divisional rivalry game. And you also want to see Mike Evans bounce back. You want to see O.J. Howard have a bounce back game because they were, you know, O.J. was called out. And Mike Evans, he's 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 the face of the franchise. He's Mike Evans. Mike Evans ain't going to accept his performance from Sunday. Mike Evans is going to show up in his prime time. He's going to show up and show out. So I'm looking forward to seeing our offense on the field. Um, and it's, it's going to be a tight contest. Uh, it's going to be another close one, I believe. Um, but I think our offense can can muster up enough to to get some points on the board and and edge us out uh, in the win. Now looking at the defensive side, our defense, the way we're playing, the way we start out the season, exactly how you want to start the season. Our defense play very well against the San Francisco 49ers, and I expect them to do the same thing uh, to this this um, offense of the Carolina Panthers. The number one guy we have to stop for the Carolina Panthers is. CMC, CMC, Christian McCaffrey. CMC is out there running the football, 100-plus yards against the Rams, and he's also out there catching the football with 81 yards. So he almost had 200 yards. Actually, he did. 200 yards of um, Total offense of offense by himself. So he's the number one threat on the Carolina Panthers. Doesn't look like Cam Newton is as uh, mobile because he did have that injury in the preseason. But he's still dangerous, so he's the number two guy we got to stop. So we can put the shackles on them. We can slow those two down. We have a really good opportunity of uh, some turnovers because Cam will throw some turnovers too. Don't think just because Jameis throw three picks, Cam won't throw three picks because he did that in the last game we played against them. So, you know, Cam will throw three interceptions in the game too, and we can slow them boys down. I think our defense got a good chance to seal this game for us. Yeah, absolutely. Um, speaking of three interceptions, today the Buccaneers signed safety Andrew Adams back to the team. Three interceptions off of Cam Newton last season. So he's going to come in right away and make an impact, hopefully, because the Buccaneers placed safety Justin Evans on injured reserve. So he cannot play for eight weeks or so. So Andrew Adams, look for him to get some playing time on Thursday. Our defense, yeah, yeah, unfortunately, yeah, tough break for for Justin Evans. Uh, man, kid, kids, kids staying injured, and you know, best ability is availability. Um, and, and it, yeah, he he's been lingering injuries yeah. since last season. It's like he can't catch a break. Um, I'm glad that we did bring in secondary help through the draft with uh Mike Edwards. Edwards didn't see many snaps last week because he was still coming back from that preseason injury that he had. And Todd Bowles said that they already had the game plan for Stewart and Whitehead back there. So Edwards got limited amount of snaps. But what I did see from Mike Edwards was a pass breakup on a third down that was huge for us to hold him to a field goal to put him up 27-21 to last game. So expect Mike Edwards to get more playing time in this game. And hopefully we'll see Andrew Adams get in there and pick off Cam Newton once again. True that. But with this young secondary, man, I, I expect Mike Edwards to get some more shine this game because uh, he was the head dog at safety uh, in training camp before he had his uh, injury. 
And Vernon Hargreaves, he's taking on that leadership role. I expect him to play well again in this upcoming game. You know, last game, there was a Sean Murphy bunting sighting. Uh, one snap. Yeah, one snap. And I was I was like, oh, they're not going to put anybody else? I, I thought he was last on the depth chart. <laughs> yeah, I, I was surprised yeah. to see Joel Dean didn't get any plays in the game against the Niners. Yeah, so I was like, interesting. Interesting note there. We'll monitor that throughout the season. Um but yeah, I think I think the defense has has those opportunities, man, uh, to look sharp once again against this offense. Especially if we can slow down Christian McCaffrey, which is no easy task. Let's let's be honest, we're not no, we're not going to be like oh with the speed that we have that. exactly the speed and um, that that we have on on defense should give us a, an advantage, especially with those misdirection plays that killed us previous years. But now with the speed and the way our defense plays. The run, I think, will be just fine uh, going against them with, with their misdirection stuff. Yeah, the misdirection killed us last year, uh, especially in Carolina. I was at the game. Um, they killed us on that. They they de- demolished Mike Smith's defense pretty much, that defensive scheme that we had. Who did it? That we continued who, to run. Who did yeah. it? Yeah, it, it, it was horrible seeing that. Um, the Niners tried to run some misdirections against this defense last week, and it didn't work for them. They had to. They had to run outside. Uh, when they did try to run the sweeps like that, the misdirections and whatnot, uh, from the receivers, it, it really didn't work out for them. So, right. what the Bucks are going to have to do is they're going to have to stack the box against this Panthers offense because, like you said, CMC is very scary out of that backfield. I even heard that um, on Sunday he he lined up in the Wildcat. And he took off running, <laughs> and Cam. Oh, it was it was something different. We got to watch out for that in this game. Got to be prepared. We got to we got to be prepared. And I, we have Ty Bowles. Um, I'm expecting him to put a really good game plan together to uh, to slow that offense down. Uh, so with the defense, I I don't even hold my breath no more. I got faith in Ty Bowles. He's going to put these guys in a position to be successful. Something that we've heard in the past, but never was done. Uh, but he's going to put these guys in position. And um, expect a good game from the defense, man. I think they're going to have another good game. Um, it's really hard to keep a slow offense down like this, especially when they have a dynamic playmaker. Uh, so expect them to have one or two big plays. But other than that, I expect us to limit them and uh, give our champs another opportunity to, to come out with a, a win. We really need this one. This is a divisional game. Both of us, uh, the Bucks and the Panthers, are 0-1. So it's a huge win. It's like getting two wins this week if we can win this one. Because we're winning getting a win in the win column, first and foremost, and also winning in the division, uh, which will help us in the long run. So it's exciting, man. Get excited for Thursday night primetime because, you know, this is our only primetime game actually on the schedule. If uh, if you haven't been peeking at the, the, the whole schedule, this is our only primetime game we're getting this year unless we go on like a win streak and they flex one of our games late. Um, in the in the playoff chase, if we're you know in the playoff chase, but you know we got to get ready. Everybody, tune in, watch the game, man. Cheer the team if you're in the Charlotte area. Please, by all means, go to the game. There should be last minute tickets to get to this game and um, go out and support our Bucks. Core, aren't you? Aren't you going to be at the game? Yeah, yeah. I'm driving down Thursday after now, I get off of work. Now, Corey, uh, are you okay? So, I mean, this is this is serious. Are, are you sure you want to go? You want to like sell your ticket and like have somebody else go? Cause, <laughs> I uh, you know, your I got a lot of people already bringing that up to me. 
Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm gonna try and change up the bad juju this week. I'm gonna switch up the jersey that I normally wear. Okay. I normally I like wear that. the Jam- I normally wear the Jameis Winston jersey, but this week I'm gonna have to break out the Mike Evans jersey. Right. So hey, whether Mike, you know what? That's that's it, right? That's gonna make all the difference in the world. Whether Mike Evans, man. And yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna break out the Mike Evans jersey Mike and Evans. see if that'll help yeah. us at all. Because like we've been talking about, we think that he's gonna have a bounce back game. So. I'm going to break out the Mike Evans jersey. As for you saying, there should be some last-minute tickets. Oh, my Lord. Those tickets are expensive because it's a primetime game. But like CJ said, if you are in the Charlotte area or close enough to attend the game, please do so. I know there's a bunch of Bucks fans flying up for the game from Tampa and whatnot. So please get out there and support them boys, um, especially that defense. Support um, rookie linebacker Devin White, who – was ill last week. Uh, Jenna Lane said that he had tonsillitis. Yeah, still got it. And people were saying that his people were saying that he was a bust and whatnot after one game. Like that's another. Oh my reaction. god! They, they say how everybody. The you know what? You know what how, how the hell is he a bust through everybody. one game? He he played through tonsillitis. He couldn't even eat food. He was dehydrated. But he was not gonna let that limit him from playing the game. And when he did play in the 49ers game, he caused a damn fumble. So he, he is did. not a damn bust. So please, please be quiet. Let him, let him heal and go and support that damn defense because I think they're gonna be headhunting. This oh, week. for sure. Everybody that doesn't perform well in their first year for Tampa, somehow people are calling them busts. I don't understand it. I don't get it. Slow your damn roll, man. Y'all acting like another Jason Light dud. Blah, they're blah, acting blah, like blah, we blah, went blah. to the to the playoffs last year, had a deep run, and we're coming out looking like this. We we haven't been to the playoffs. We're still trying to become a good team. Twelve years. Twelve years. We're twelve years removed from the playoffs, and you're still out here expecting rookies to come out here and light it up. Stop it. Stop it. I'm so sick of that shit. Don't let your emotions get the best of you on social media. I mean. We're all fans of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. We gotta, we gotta support them, win or lose. So don't let the emotions get the best of you and continue to call everybody bust because it's not true. Look what you did with Vita Bay and look what he's doing now. So uh, calm down, calm down. Oh, I forgot about the Vita Bay. Oh, you know what? We're not, even, we're not even gonna go. Let's let's get into our last two things. Uh, first, let's, everybody's playing fantasy football, so we want to jump on the fantasy studs. I lost my first week game. Uh, I got pretty beat up pretty bad. Jameis was I went 0-5. So, and can't play. Uh, thank you very much. I went 0-5. You know what, Corey? I, wow. 0-5, bro? You had five chances and you didn't win one. I won zero. It was it was a bad week for fantasy. I don't, I don't know if you should get fantasy studs for this week, bro. <laughs> That's pretty awful. Uh, but, yeah, let's jump into fantasy studs. Uh, who who would be your, your fantasy um, must start and sleeper pick uh, either team for, for the game. Must start and sleeper pick. Must start for this game for either team. Mike Evans. Mike Evans will have a bounce back game as he will not be battling the illness any longer. Um, he was not listed on the injury report with illness, so he's not battling it any longer. Um, sleeper, Jameis Winston. Because like we spoke about before, Jameis Winston always has bounce back games. And he always kills the Panthers. So I think he's going to do that, especially on primetime. For sure, for sure. Um, for my must start, I'm going to go with... You want you put him as a sleeper. I'm going with a must start, James Winston, because he has to have a bounce back game. He has to. Like, he, he can't come out here looking like, looking like uh, Uncle Rico. Ain't none of that. He can't come out here and do that. So he's going to be a must start for me this week. Um, and like I said, we looked it up. 
He typically has bounce back. Only had one game where he didn't have a bounce back game. And even still, he threw two touchdown passes in that game uh, where he threw two interceptions. So look for him to have a solid game this Thursday. For my sleeper, uh, it will actually be Curtis Samuel for the Panthers. Um, they're going to try and get a gadget play with him in there somewhere. And we just need to be ready. Just how San Francisco ran that wheel route on poor MJ Stewart. He got caught sleeping. Well, that they had a lot of time on that play. They did a really good job blocking. And it's really hard to cover those guys man-to-man for that long. So look for the Carolina Panthers to try to do something similar with a gadget-type play to get him open and to get the ball in his hands with his speed so he could be a sleeper uh, to break one on a big play on us. I hope not, obviously. But, you know, we got to, until we prove it over multiple games that we're going to slow teams down, you know, in the fantasy world, you got to go with what's been done. So he could be a, a, a sleeper as well. And for the score prediction, I think this will be, this will come down to Matt Gay. Um, and I'm going to go with a score of mm, 20 to 17. And I think Bruce Aaron is going to have these boys wanting it more because it was said on the Ira Kaufman podcast that in the 49ers locker room, they say they won the game because they wanted it more than our Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And I think that's going to get back to B.A. and the staff. And I don't think they're going to be having that. So I think we're going to go in there and we're going to find a way to win this game in Carolina on Thursday night primetime, 20-17. And we'll be 1-1 one one, uh, with the division win. Oh, so it looks like you're going to Roberto Aguayo route with a, a winning field goal from Matt Gay. Is that is that what I'm hearing? Well, you know, Roberto Aguayo did get us a victory in Carolina, so Matt Gay can do the same thing on prime time, on prime football. time baby. Prime time football. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I like that prediction. I, I like that coming down to the leg of Matt Gay. I'm confident in our kicking game nowadays. Um, I was confident with Roberto Aguayo too. It was just deep, deep kicks he couldn't make. I think the NFL game got to his head and it just killed him because, as we all know, he was the most accurate kicker in college football history. So, But the deep kicks in the NFL game just got to him. I don't know what happened, how or why, but it got to him. But I, I do like your prediction of Matt Gay's leg sealing the game for the Bucs in 20-17. But my prediction for this game is the Buccaneers are going to win by two touchdowns. Ooh. Score is going to be 27-13 to 13 Buccaneers. Ooh. Jameis Winston will have a bounce-back game, throw for over 350 yards and three touchdowns, no interceptions. He he will have a great game in this game, and he will hopefully silence the doubters for the moment. Uh, it's not like their opinions really matter. Uh, social media GMs, it, it doesn't matter what they say because in reality, what really matters is what's going on at one buck and the coaching staff and everybody around him, what they feel is, is the best thing for him. And after going over everything from the previous week, just get back to work. And Jameis Winston will go out there and thrive. So the Buccaneers will win 27-13 on Thursday night. 27-13. I hope that is the score. I hope that is the score over my score because that means we took care of business on Thursday night. Uh, So we'll see. We'll see if uh, we're right. We'll see if we have the right score but the wrong outcome on Thursday. We're recording this on a Tuesday, so there's 48 hours till to the game. Uh, you guys should be listening to this on Wednesday, um, Wednesday night or, or Thursday morning before the game. Get your fix in. I know we love listening to Bucks information, so go ahead and have a listen and everything. Uh, any other thing is coming up 
after the game, we should get a podcast out um, by Friday. We'll get the podcast out Friday because I'm driving back as soon as okay. the game ends. So Friday, Friday, we will get a podcast recorded and hopefully get it out this weekend so that our listeners can enjoy it and see exactly what we've got to say about it, especially from my experience going into the stadium in Carolina once again to see how it was. And and there it is. So we just covered everything for the previous game, the upcoming game. And, you know, everyone out there, if you're going to the game, be safe, have fun, cheer us on. I think I, I think we're in a good spot, man. I really do. I got a really good feeling uh, about, about the team and uh, about what we're going to be able to do. So without further ado, y'all have a good rest of the week. Get excited. Thank you all for listening. Um, And don't forget, if you're not following us on social media, go ahead and follow All Things TV Bucks on Twitter. Go ahead and follow our podcast page at ATB Podcast underscore. You can follow or like us on Twitter at All Things Buccaneers. Like our partners on Twitter, Bucks Life News. Go ahead and follow them on Twitter at Bucks Life News. And like CJ said, let's go Bucks, baby. Let's get a W. Go Bucks, baby.